Welcome to Block Rocket Stratosphere, the podcast where we will interview partners and leading blockchain experts of our ecosystem to share their latest insights on blockchain related matters. My name is Sagar and I am the head of venture development of Block Rocket. We are one of the leading accelerator program for early early stage blockchain startups in Germany. As part of our program, we invest up to 250,000 euro in pre-seed and seed blockchain startups. We are looking for the next big thing in the blockchain space. So if you know someone or if you think you are working on something exciting, then feel free to apply to our program through our website. In our episode today, we would like to introduce you to Fraser Edwards, CEO of Checked. They are building a secure network that enables individuals and organizations to fully control their personal data. It allows self-sovereign identity companies to build and deliver secure solutions to you. Through their network, anyone can verify identities quickly and securely. I'm excited to talk with Fraser about his company and the milestones that are still ahead of them in the months to come. So welcome, Fraser. How about we start with a quick introduction from your side? Sure, absolutely. And uh, yeah, happy to be here, Sagar. Um, so obviously, Fraser, uh, CEO of Checked, was Verum, uh, was a holding name before that. Um, so obviously, we've been around since about March of this year, March, April of this year. And uh, by briefly speaking, kind of, we're focusing on the authentic data economy. Um, I think that's the tagline we're using for most of the people on the streets. Like everyone understands what the data economy is. We're adding the trust to the provenance and the kind of assurance to it. Um, for those kind of your, your crypto listeners, um, what we're doing kind of from a practical perspective is building a an incentivized network with, with kind of tokenomics across the top of it um, to provide commercial models and payments for self-sovereign ID um, and doing that through a dedicated network and our own dedicated token, which is, um, and then probably the coolest thing that we're going to be doing is like customizable commercial models and tokenomics. Um, I think that's probably the bit that we're most excited about. Um, I guess the final thing to, to cover off on my side is just a bit of my background. So I was lucky enough to, to bounce around enough technology beforehand uh, to be kind of useful and hopefully the ideal person to be leading up this effort to build out a, a commercial SSI network. Um, so prior to this, I was uh, working on the Known Traveller digital, digital Identity Project with the World Economic Forum um, and the Dutch and Canadian governments. Uh, great project, uh, really one of the precursors, I think, to uh, the IATA Travel Pass, which is coming out now for anyone who wants to search that as well. Um, and before that, worked with a couple of central banks on the Jasper Ubin cross blockchain uh, payments project. Um, so, yeah, just r- really lucky to have uh, had a good background to set me up to go and build a, a tokenized SSI network. Awesome. Uh, once again, welcome, Fraser. Uh, so, before we start, uh, before I start asking about you, about more questions on checked, I would like to ask, like, why blockchain? Um, weird, like, I really fell into it, really, really fell into it. Um, and this shows like how far back that I worked with, uh, with my co-founder, Anka. Um, so roughly across my career, I, I changed technologies around every two years um, until now. Um, and I started off in networks. So dealing with like network hardware infrastructure, very much like base level telephony, that kind of stuff. Then moved into biometrics, then moved into AI and 
God, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I was arranging a project um, over a Christmas whilst I was with Accenture. Um, and I was covering Anchor, actually, um, my co-founder. And broadly speaking, we needed to pull together a team as, as quickly as possible to go and do a blockchain project. Um, he was out. I was available. I'd pretty much not touched it in a while, despite having done like hackathons in my spare time. Um, but that was at least I knew enough to be dangerous. Um, so I ended up just kind of falling into it that way. And as soon as I, as soon as I did that kind of one project there, um, I ended up just kind of following that on with multiple projects, kind of cross industries, cross technologies. Um, and I think like that was kind of how I fell into it properly. Um, but I guess in advance of that, like I'd been going to hackathons, developing stuff like textable e-currency secured by biometrics. Um, and I think just it was the possibility for a lot of it was actually on the cryptocurrency side was probably where the main interest was. And like just the potential for new forms of money that wasn't owned, that was secure. Um, and I think just being able to blend it with a load of other technologies and be able to do really uh computationally or not computationally complex but kind of i guess the whole smart contract side of things really be able to actually execute kind of contracts without it being owned by any individual um or centralized at all i found just fascinating um and then from then on i've just fallen into different industries and different projects where they're looking to reimagine it complete industries based on the technology and i think that's where i found it so fascinating is like it really is looking to completely reorganize markets. Um, and whereas other technologies like biometrics or AI are largely kind of, they can be revolutionary improvements, but they're not looking to fundamentally change the shape of markets necessarily. Um, and I think that's where blockchain and DLT really comes to the fore is like the potential to eliminate middlemen who really don't provide any value into an ecosystem. I think that's one of the areas that I, I kept on seeing again and again and again and kept on coming back understood so let's let's talk about now check like how you guys uh, just like okay so you i think you were in touch with uncle since long time even before check right so i think it makes more synergy to work together and also you have some kind of like more synergy to as you have like some past experience working together so so what exactly you are aiming for at check like you are providing ssid solution but i'm sure there's like ssids in itself is a big word right but if you can yes. crunch it down, like your offerings set checked and what exactly you are, you guys are trying to achieve. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive ecosystem and it'll touch on, upon a little bit of why we started this. Um, really what we're providing is the, the payments and commercial layer for, for self-sovereign ID or broadly authentic data. Um, so SSI has been the long-term, self-sovereign ID has been the long-term, like, well, term used um for, for describing kind of an individual owning their data having the control and being able to decide what data that they receive and share um but it's it's much broader than individuals it applies to kind of companies to uh to virtual things to iot um and i guess like that's that was where our broad interest came in but like, that's what we're really offering at the core is the the payments layer and the commercial models for for self-sovereign id and authentic data and authentic data economies um i think what we the reason we've stepped into the market and, and what we've seen it's missing is like you're saying there are lots of ssi solutions out there um they broadly tackle different parts of the stack so the easiest way i found of almost like breaking it into two is 
there is very much the underlying network, which has kind of the decentralized SSI capabilities. And then you kind of almost have the application layer sitting above it, which is specific to issuing, receiving credentials or specific to an industry um, and is tailored in terms of work, workflow. And we're really focused just on the network side. Um, the bit that we're really focusing on is, is making SSI commercially viable. Um, and this kind of gets onto why we started start the company in the first place. Um, so myself and Andrew have been involved in SSI projects for about the last, somewhere between two and four years. Um, and what we've seen pretty consistently is an experience where whether it's part of a hackathon, whether it's in kind of public permissionless as, as kind of a, an ecosystem, or whether it's in innovation centers, people were, or companies, anyone was creating SSI implementations. They demonstrate them. Everyone would think it was incredible. And yet there was no commercial model that made it kind of reality. So they kept on hitting these barriers. And as a result, we've seen somewhere between I think it's over eight projects that we're personally aware of that failed because they never had a commercial model standing behind it. And that's really what we're looking to make easier is like, it's an amazing technology. It has a really like the potential to be completely transformational. Like how many other technologies could you talk about that have the potential to create entirely new data marketplaces whilst also getting rid of passwords, whilst also removing all the need for like, um, like huge numbers of accounts tied for individuals and the amount of fraud that goes on in online retail, like there's a potential for it to just be completely transformational. Um, but just, it wasn't stacked up. Like there was no commercial model following that up behind. Um, so that's really what we're looking to solve and also to make it so that it's much easier for ecosystems to go and stand this up. So we don't just want to solve this in a, uh, in one way. We want to make it customizable. Um, probably one of the big things that we go on about a lot in the materials that we share, um, and I think it's covered in the business of SSI blog that we wrote, is that lots of industries commercialize data and identity in many, many different ways. So the idea that we could create one model that suits everyone is just impossible. So we need to make it so that it was customizable and reduce everyone having to recreate these models every single time they step up. So I realized that's a very long answer for what was a very kind of quite simple question. Um, but I guess going back, it's like the payment rails and the commercial models for self-sovereign ID and making that as easy as possible for ecosystems to stand themselves up. Understood. Yeah. So, so I wanted to ask you, like, I would like to take you a little bit back, like how have this problem been solved in the past? I mean, what are the alternatives or substitutes exist in the market? Like if we don't have, like, for example, if we wouldn't have like blockchain technology. Good question. Um, so I, th I think broadly speaking, there, there isn't any kind of, there isn't anyone solving this exact problem apart from ourselves, we feel. Um, I think historically, obviously, SSI, SSI is probably a paradigm that's only really emerged over the last five years, um, slightly longer. Actually, it's been around, but only really implemented over the past five years. Um, but I think the, the difference there was prior to that, like most identity systems still today are built around companies. And as a result, they're built around centralized systems and centralized, centralized kind of agreements. So a great example would be in banking. Um, when you go and open up an account with a bank, certainly in kind of in Europe, um, you'll be asked most of the time to scan an ID document and to take a selfie of yourself. Um, and that's used to kind of authenticate you on board you, bring you into the account. Um, and that's that current contractual relationship there is 
um, you take documents given to you by the government, you scan those using the mobile uh, app that's from the bank, and the bank then pays a third party to go and do those checks. Now, in the, the kind of where we're moving to is you shouldn't need to do that every single time you open an account. You should be able to reuse the credentials that you've used before to go and up other accounts, whether that's a bank, whether that's telco, whether that's online retail. Um, so I think historically, like identity systems have really, really been built around companies. So all the infrastructure, all the contractuals, all the payment like rails that are used are traditional finance ones. Um, they're very much like one-to-one, like unilateral contracts with like or back-to-back clauses um, with traditional finance payments. Um, and what we've, I can't remember which one of our blogs that we've put this in, um, I think it's why, why SSI needs a token, if I remember correctly. But broadly, that, that doesn't work in an SSI world. Um, for example, if I gave you your data, I really don't know where you're going to use it. Um, so the, the idea that I can have a contract with wherever you use it is just impossible because, for example, you could travel halfway around the world and use your same data that I've issued you to go and do something I never would have expected you to. So just the old way of doing stuff really doesn't work in an SSI perspective or an SSI paradigm. Um, and that's really where kind of tokens come to the fore. Um, and I think we've documented that really well in why tokens need, um, sorry, why SSI needs a token um, on our blog. Understood. So, so I would like to ask you some technical questions. Like, uh, first of all, your testnet is live, right? And you have made your open, uh, like code open source. So I would like to uh, ask, like, why, why did you do that? I mean, why did you have like open source your code? Oh, good question. Um, I think, I think for us, one of the things we're really aiming for is maximum participation and inclusivity. Um, again, another another uh, like tag for the blog, but there's, I think, one on a big one that uh, Alina from our marketing team wrote on inclusivity of SSI. And it's a big thing for our entire team is making sure that like, SSI should not just be this like walled garden, which is currently happening right now, of just like really small siloed implementations, which are being built largely in the Western world to a large degree, um, and largely for kind of, uh, I guess, very... I guess, typically wealthy uh, users. But we think actually it's completely transformational for, for people, regardless of where they are in the world, what income bracket they are, um, and yeah, what country. Um, so there's a really big thing there of making it available to as many people as possible. And we felt like the best way of doing that is to, to make the, it open source. And that was kind of mirrored in our decision to go public permissionless. So rather than having a centralized governance body, we really wanted to take advantage of allowing everyone to participate in this and to influence the network and the product roadmap in the way that they see fit. And transparently, the, we feel that if we do this correctly, we could actually work really well with the open source community to go and build functionality that otherwise wouldn't be built. Um, like We are going to do our best, but if we can work with the open source community to build even more functionality and, and work with others, that's absolutely something that we want to do. Um, and then there's obviously the, the, the lesser spoken about thing, which is um, whenever you're building a token or a protocol or a network, um, you want to be transparent. Like there's always concerns around, like, less so for us with smart contracts, but like the underlying mechanics of the network, how does it work? How is it structured? Is there kind of unknown backdoors, that kind of stuff? And um, by making this kind of 
open source and available. Everyone can go and check this out and make sure that it's, it's been built to spec, it's, it's well developed. Um, but I think going back, it's really the bit that we're passionate about and the bit that we'd love to see. And I think it's already starting to happen from, from conversations we're seeing is working with the open source community to go and find out new functionality that we need, help like work with them to go and build it um, and see how much we can accelerate our roadmap and really make it as inclusive as possible. Understood. Uh, so coming to the next question, which is also like to using the public blockchain, right? And you guys choose like a Cosmos. Can you please explain to me, I mean, why Cosmos and what benefit it brings for your product? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think probably the first one to explain is like why we left Indy in the first place. Um, a lot of identity projects are in Indy. If you look worldwide, that's where most of them are. Um, and I think we did a webinar on this explaining in detail why we shifted to Cosmos. Um, but broadly speaking, like Indie was never built to have a token. Um, it was always built for identity specifically. Um, and it's done, it's done well there. Um, it has it has some issues, like it doesn't scale particularly well beyond a certain point um, from a decentralization perspective. But also it really just it didn't have a native token. Um, so based on that, we were we were kind of looking at okay, if we're gonna move, what are our alternatives? Um, and the kind of secondary consideration there as well is that it's fine to have to go and build a native token onto a, onto a network. Like there are obviously plenty of people who've done that. Um, but the other thing is to go and get other organizations to support it. And specifically what I mean are custodians, market makers, exchanges, both decentralized and, and centralized. Um, and it's not just building it, but hoping that other people will help adopt it. And we kind of realized that on Indie, we'd be building a token that we then have to go and really beg the rest of the kind of ecosystem to go and support. So that left us with a few options on like, where do we start looking? So we took a look at, um, obviously Ethereum was like an immediate one that is always on everyone's radar. Um, the problem there was a couple of fold. Uh, so one is that if you're building on Ethereum, typically you'll have to buy a load of ETH to go and issue your own tokens and back them. Um, and obviously we felt that that was probably a bad use of investors' money. But I think more kind of fundamental to that is um, there is so much other stuff, just other applications running on Ethereum, that it's really not geared towards identity. And the reason I say that is that identity can be really time pressured. Like if you're trying to get on a plane, you don't want either the transaction fees or the time to get the transaction through to depend on whether Elon Musk has tweeted about his latest like project in the background. Like it's as fun as like as ridiculous and funny as it is, like is it was actually a consideration that put us off. And that kind of led us on to others. So looking at the likes of Stella, um, Polkadot and Cosmos mainly, and also Solana. Stella fell for the same reason as, as uh, Ethereum. We'd have had to buy native lumens to, to be able to issue our own token, uh, which kind of left us with Cosmos, Solana, and uh, Polkadot. Um, and really, I can lump Polkadot and Solana broadly into the same one. The great projects, like fantastic projects, um, but they weren't able to support us at the speed that we needed. And what I mean by that is like we're aiming to be out and live inside the next couple of months. And we wouldn't have been able to do that if we were waiting for, say, Polkadot auctions or waiting for Solana. Um, and really, Cosmos was one of the only places that we looked at where 
it had the infrastructure in terms of exchanges, custodians, uh, market makers, but also other projects going on, like the uh, All in Bits team that are working on Cosmos Cash and looking at DITs. Like there were enough open source projects there that we could actually work with as well and contribute back to, where um, not only do we have all the like infrastructure, but we can also go and build upon other projects that are already there. Um, and I think the final thing that I'd say there is like, it's also brought a lot of our, our roadmap forwards. So something we always wanted was on network governance. And that comes out of the box in Cosmos. So rather than having, rather than us having to build it, we literally got it from day one with the configuration of a few parameters. And that was just a massive game changer for us. And we found pretty consistently that as we're going through our roadmap, the functionality what's available in Cosmos is actually accelerating it, um, which is really nice experience having like gone through technical due diligence so many times before um it was a real breath, breath of fresh air understood but you mentioned earlier uh, that uh, for the launch your product on eth uh, you need to like your uh, investors need to buy lots of ethereum and participate into the token event right so don't don't like uh, let's say like you are also going to launch the token so on cosmos so how does it work to here? Like the like uh, the investor don't need to buy the Cosmos token. If you can explain me, sure, sure. Um, so in this way, like because we're standing up our own sovereign network, we're able to issue our own token and kind of do it natively. What we can then do is like bring that to market, and at that point, we don't need to be purchasing someone else's tokens to to mint our own. So rather than having to like most other kind of Ethereum projects, rather than having to set up bonding curves, automated, mar auto automated market makers to like get all of this working, we effectively can stand up our own network. And there's actually a, con a consideration I'd missed there as well, which is there's a very big thing in the identity world of like who is running the network. If you're having trusted authentic data kind of running across the top of it and identity data, you really want to know who is running the network and there's somewhat of a cachet to having kind of known names on it. So as a result, there was, there was also a big kind of steer towards having our own sovereign network, um, like our own dedicated network, rather than kind of riding atop um, another one. I hope, does that make sense? Yeah, sure. So, but, but still like, uh, uh, if you can uh, like uh, briefly explain. So basically the, like the investors don't need to buy the Cosmos token, right? I mean, we are not going to deep detail into like token side, but uh, like, I'm just curious, like, because also for personal learning that, uh, so basically if anyone wants to buy like check token in future when it is available, right? Then they don't need to buy like Cosmos token, right? Basically they can directly buy with USDT or USDC. Is it exactly. Or? Exactly. And that's where we're looking to get to is like having like going via, say, Gravity Dex and Ameris and having those USDC, USDT pairs, um, but also doing that via centralized exchanges as well. So be able to also go straight into fiat. Um, so there's there's really kind of a, a multi pronged approach. But the main thing was make it so that um, we as a company did not have to go buying, say, Ethereum or, or Lumens to be able to issue our own tokens because it's it's just a really bad use of investors' money um, when we could be spending all of that actually moving the product forward um, and building more functionality out properly. Makes sense, yeah, definitely. So you talk about also like uh, bringing the right partners who is providing you data. So 
I think your testnet is also used by Outlier, Evernem, and TITX, right? So, I mean, what values do they bring for your network? Sure. So, Evernem is probably the largest one that I'd want to touch on. So, um, they are uh, working with, should be public knowledge, but they're working with IATA on the uh, their travel pass. Um, and so for, for, for those listening, it's effectively one of the vaccine passports being implemented by most of the world airlines, or at least, at least a decent chunk. Um, and I think that's a great example where like Evanim have, have been in the SSI space for a long, long time and somewhat are considered the godfathers of it, to whether that's rightly or wrongly. Um, but they've got they've got real history and real pedigree. Um, and they bring kind of a real thoroughness to the SSI side of things. Um, which really helps us kind of make sure that as we're building the product roadmap out, we're able to test with them and with others um, like DidX to make sure that what we're building is actually fit for purpose, meeting standards, but also meeting their demands as clients. Um, and that kind of neatly brings me on to DidX. So um, they're one of the organizations that is probably looking to, to use this in anger um, and, and actually use this for use cases like as soon as we can roll it out. Um, or at least they're considering it at the very least. Um, and that's really where they're a great test bed for um, working with the like of Lohan Spees from, from DIDX to actually test our ideas, make sure that we're on the right track so we're not, we're not building stuff that is, is going to be irrelevant. Um, and then going on to, I guess, Outlier. So obviously we were, we've been through Outlier Basecamp um, and still maintaining contact with them and, and kind of working with them as we go to live. Um, and they've just been fantastic. Um, they've also provided kind of guidance on like how to improve the, the, the process of standing up nodes, how to actually make it more digestible, um, but also just surrounding that with like all of their network and partners that we, we can work with. Um, so they're very much there as kind of one of the anchors, um, but they've also been fantastic in looping us in with other organizations that we should speak to um, that would be great validators. Um, and we're starting to see some of them come on board. Um, not going to name them yet, but like, hopefully we'll start naming those out in the next couple of weeks to months. Fantastic. So moving further, I would like to ask about your current status quo of your offering or some sort of, I would like to ask about like more product way beyond like milestone, for example, like what's your next goal? I mean, everything is online on your website. I have gone through it. So, so far you guys have achieved many things within short span of time, but I would like to ask like what's light ahead for the rest of the year like for the, what are your plans for the rest of that year oh good question um main one is getting live um like the the biggest thing for us is bringing the network live um and, and i don't mind that from a test perspective but like actual mainnet um where we're at is like we have our test network live there's kind of identity functionality being rolled out onto it and we'll be conducting our uh, tokenomics webinar um, on at the end of this week when we're recording. Um, so it'll be well in the past by the time it's uh, by the time this is distributed. Um, but we're kind of working through all of that at the moment. And the real focus now is like getting more identity functionality on there so that when it's live, it will be completely kind of feet, at least from a minimum perspective, feature full and able to be used properly. But really, our, our focus now is purely on getting the network live from a from a product, sorry, from a production perspective. Um, that's the biggest thing for us. We've had enough inbound interest to know that as soon as this network is live, it's going to be used. 
Um, so as a result, we, we're just flat out trying to get that done as quickly as possible. Um, like every kind of, the more this goes on, the more demand that we have and the more that we know that we're kind of running on borrowed time to get the network live and, um, and actually be able to take traffic. And I think that that kind of brings us on to the final thing of once we are live, the focus is very much going to be on building out functionality that is needed for uh, ecosystems, SSI projects to succeed. Um, what we've seen pretty frequently is like networks have been treated as a um, kind of, I guess, SSI networks have traditionally been treated as like just, just decentralized PKI. And that really doesn't achieve much for anyone working across the top of the ledger. Like it's really not a value add. And I think that's where we're going to focus. No, not I think, but that's where we're really going to focus. It's like actually bringing value up for the network to all the ecosystems rather than just being another dumb ledger. Understood. So, so let's talk about like potential of your product. So who will be your potential targeted customers? Good question. Um, Pretty much everyone. So I think I think this is where like the potential of SSI is so huge, and one of the one of the reasons why we're in it and doing it. Um, like I myself have been involved in SSI projects across multiple industries already. So as Anchor, um, and there are ones that we haven't even touched. Um, so really, like the, the, where we're aiming for is becoming the de facto payment rail or commercial model for um, for self sovereign ID, kind of globally cross industry and eventually cross ledger as well. But I think that kind of just, it speaks to the size of SSI. Like if you look at a world map, there's everything from Canada down to New Zealand. Um, if you look at the subject of SSI, it's everything from individuals through to companies through to IoT to virtual things. And it's also completely cross industries. So you've got Evanim leading up work with kind of, uh, Evanim leading up work with IATA and, and the airlines. You've got Sferity doing great work with kind of pharmaceuticals. Um, and if you just keep on looking around the world, there's people tackling different industries and different use cases. And because we're the payment layer, because we're the network underneath, really we're targeting all of those use cases and working with the, the partners I just mentioned um, and, and others. Like really that's our focus is like work with those guys, make their lives easier um, and try and make it as uh, easy as possible for clients and users and users to go and adopt this technology. Um, and I think I've gone through all of that, but I've missed out a big area, which is like, which is crypto. So um, that's an area where like we've come from a very enterprise world um, and we're now really starting to get our teeth into the crypto side of stuff. And what I mean from that is like properly decentralized KYC so that you're not having to repeat the same process on different exchanges, but also being able to do things like peer-to-peer -peer payments where you're not just sharing like, a, like either a QR code or an ETH address without any idea of who's on the other side. Like we actually think we could do an entirely like privacy preserving layer where you can share something about yourself and no one else will know it. Um, and we think that's massively valuable. So we, we, there's kind of multiple strands of this. There's the more traditional route, but there's also the kind of crypto area where we think there's, we see a few areas that really, really need solving and believe that we, we can solve them. Understood. So I think we are running out of time, but I still have one more question for you, which is like, uh, what is your long-term vision for the company? Oh, good. Um, so I think really where it gets to is 
I've, I've kind of already touched upon it with becoming that de facto payment rail for SSI. Um, but I think when you look at it practically, what we want to do is make it so that one, we make SSI successful. So going back to our core mission, like the reason we want to make, the reason we're involved in this is to make SSI successful, give people back their data, give people back control and make these new kind of data marketplaces like exist. Um, but also the other side of things is um, we really want to make it like, and also part of that is making it easier for companies to adopt this technology. Um, but I guess like, really where we're trying to, uh, sorry, as part of that mission, what we need to do is to make it as easy as possible for organizations, for companies, regardless of what industry they're in, whether it's traditional or crypto, make it as easy as possible for them to adopt the technology and adopt the kind of the paradigm. And we think there's two barriers to that. One is make it commercially viable, which is obviously the first thing that we're solving for. But the second part of this is make it so that actually they don't need to worry about the crypto at all. So ultimately where we want to get to and do this as quickly as possible is like make it so that effectively money goes in one side, it comes out another side and you don't need to worry about how it's moving in between effectively, whether it's going across multiple ledgers, like different industries across the world, like you shouldn't need to care. And that's really where we want to get to is just a payment mechanism for identity that flows all the way through. Now, the extension of that is if we crack it to the point where any organization worldwide can pay for identity without worrying about tokens, we've probably cracked it for every other industry as well. So we're very much focused on focusing on like identity, but if we get the commercial models right and we really do this properly, there's no reason we couldn't replicate it outside of identity for like any other kind of commercial model. So that's a long way off in the future. Um, but very much the first bit is making SSI kind of commercially viable and making those payments as easy as possible. All right, fantastic. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Fraser. We are looking forward to seeing how your company develops in the upcoming years. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoy our discussion. Remember to subscribe to our channel to get up to date with the latest news in the blockchain space. Links in the description below. Please also re reach out to us if you are a blockchain startup or know anyone who is looking for funding. Talk soon.